0: Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support
1: us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living other ways you can show your support as well. Subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast rate and review our show and share this podcast with your friends.
0: You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest
1: episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast, we are your hosts Karan and Kristen. On this podcast we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble.
0: Today, we are chatting with Matt Gallo, guide of the Summit Academy. Matt empowers creatives and entrepreneurs to realize their potential. He guides people to uncover parts of themselves that have become suppressed so that they can become the leaders that they were meant to be. He is leading a rebellion to encourage people to think deeply and challenge how they think for themselves. And we're excited to be talking with you today, Matt.
2: I'm so excited to be here. And... Karan, did you did you memorize that introduction? I'm curious.
1: <laughs> you no, know, I should by now. Comes, I should have by now, but I am reading that off of my other screen. Yeah, no, not that impressive after a year.
2: <laughs> not yet, right? Not
1: yet. I'm still learning the uh, definition of victim mentality. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, we all are. We all. Are. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, spectrum. I'm. <laughs> I imagine it.
0: But Quran, you don't go to sleep at night and start going through your head. Just <laughs> reciting living podcast. <laughs> I feel like that's something I would do. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Matt, we're glad to have you here today. We actually, well, I mean, you were one of the people that helped us in our, our journey to the podcast by answering questions for us. Um, so, we're excited to be able to chat with you on this podcast now that it's a thing.
2: <laughs> and a, a year later, you guys mm-hmm. have done like 60 episodes, right? Something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you'll be our 75th. 75th.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, um, we'd love to hear about your pirate journey, like, start wherever um whether it's childhood or recently (laughs) and then um yeah tell us about what brought you to where you are today and what you're doing Mm.
2: I like how you say pirate journey I didn't know it was a pirate journey until somebody told me it was a pirate journey (laughs) (laughs) um and that we were all pirates and we could get into that another time (laughs) um and When you asked that question, like before we started recording, I started to think. um, You know, at what point did I start to rebel? (laughs) That's the first thought that came to my mind, and um, I remember being a rebellious kid. I was always this way. Um, I really realized uh, pretty early on that I loved. um, I loved getting outside. I loved breaking out of the norm, breaking out of the day to day you know what we could call real life and that was always on my mind and I was told for a very long time as a kid that I had um so much potential if I would only pay attention or or um do what I'm supposed to do and um as the you know the rebel in me at four years old would think um yeah let's not do that let's have some fun right um and then I spend the next uh you know, 20 years doing what I thought I was supposed to do, because, you know, that's what that's how you're raised. And um, when I finally uh, got into the real world, I had to get a job, I had to start working. I be, I started teaching. And that quickly became something I was um, resentful, like really having a lot of resent on because you know, I spent so much time following and conforming and doing and following that path that was set out for me. Um, I didn't get to do a lot of other things. And while I did, um, I did have a lot of opportunity, I spent my summers, um, you know, in the outdoors working at summer camps, and I, um, I would you know, take opportunities anytime I could get to travel. I felt that I was still very much sheltered, and I didn't have a lot of like life experience. And I wanted to get out of that very quickly. That feeling that I was having—it was honestly—I was—I was tired. I was exhausted all the time. My heart just wasn't in the, what I was doing. Um, and then I found entrepreneurship, and that happened by accident. Um, I started working at a CrossFit gym, uh, sort of working. I would just be the guy that showed up every day and worked out and uh, assisted the coach. Um, I had a lot of coaching experience, teaching swimming for, for a while. Uh, and then that turned very quickly into becoming a coach and, um, and opening a gym for the first time at 23 or so years old. Yeah, 23. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I loved the freedom that it gave me, and the opportunities. Um, and I, I was terrible. At it. <laughs> um, I wanted to be really good at the coaching part, and I, I think I did a good job at that. You know, I taught swimming, I taught English, and I had a, a lot of time spent doing presentations and working on those skills. So I had that for me, but the business side was was awful. And then I. Uh, yeah, that business shut down pretty quickly. We we went out of business. Um, I decided to shut it down um, about a year in, a little over a year into it, which was heartbreaking. If you've ever had to do that or leave something behind that you dump so much energy and effort into, it's it's painful. Um, and for a while after that, I didn't know what who I was, <laughs> what I was gonna do with my life because I had just dumped so much of my energy and my money into this, this thing that I thought would work out. Um, Yeah. And fortunately I met a lot of great people in that time who introduced me to even greater people. And um, I had the opportunity to get back into what I was doing, get back on my feet, learn a lot about the business side of, you know, Of running a gym and then ultimately business in general. And in the last three months, I actually uh, exited the gym that I had built. Um, And now my focus is on enjoying my freedom as much Mm -hmm. as possible, really. Um, I was just thinking before we got on this, I don't know how to work. I don't really know how to do it um do it well like the way other people work but I'm really good at sprints I'm really good at getting things going and generating ideas and that was hilarious <laughs> what falling. was that that just fell
0: um it was a <laughs> nice distraction for everyone listening to it's all good um it was a language <laughs> just poster of where do you feel your emotions in your body <laughs>
2: useful to have <laughs> um where was i yeah so i in the last three months i've decided that okay it's time for me to go in a little bit personally and and see what's what's happening what i'm capable of what my potential really is um which is something i've been exploring on you know the personal development realm for the last three or so four years um imagine longer but you know the things that i've done formally we could say and that's opened up a lot of doors i realized the one one thing i did if i was going to work more right i needed to do something that was all me that that was so within integrity for me that it was easy that i could approach the work as something really fun and something I was uh, tinkering with—that was always my thing—is I wanted to be playing. I wanted to be doing something, and I could solve problems like that really quickly. And so I knew that to work meant to in, in what's the word? Incorporate everything that I really enjoyed. I loved coaching. That's one of my. Um, it's I've been doing it for 15 years since I started coaching swimming in, in high school, and. That turned into a career path for me, and it's something I've refined over, you know, that time. Um, I also love the outdoors. I love adventure, and specifically, I love showing people what else is out there and what's possible. And you know, there were a lot of times thinking in the last couple of months, especially. Uh, well from the business perspective, who am I trying to reach? What am I, what do I want to do? What problem do I want to solve? And I was reminded over and over of to make it fun, regardless of what I do. And so that's what I set out to do. And I just hosted my first um, outdoor leadership retreat last week in Colorado. That was um, like the the dipping my toes into what I can do next. And long-term, I imagine a, um, uh, a school or an educational facility, um, that empowers leaders, um, using these outdoor experiences and, and you know, getting them into, uh, t- getting them to explore, you know, inside and, and outside. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm focusing all my attention on, uh, on leadership development and getting people outside and, and uh, free of the shackles, you know?
1: So is, is that the summit Academy then? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The summit Academy is. Um, yeah. It's my school. Let's call it that <laughs> the school of Matt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'd love to hear more about what you did in the, in with, with the retreat there in Colorado.
2: Yeah. Well, so there were two things that happened. Well, there was only one thing that happened. There was the thing that I expected, planned for. None of that happened. Right? <laughs> then there was what actually happened, um, which I, I learned you know, that I could handle really well at this point and um, my my vision for that and for what what i'm planning next is to find people who have that potential to do something really great and for some reason they're stuck for some reason there's a there's an obstacle and most of the time that's solo entrepreneurs who have been doing it for a while and they've, they've seen success, you know, in bursts, but nothing consistent. Right. And with the work that, um, you know, we do from a language perspective and story work, we know how that comes about. And so that gave me a really great um, entry point to teach these really valuable skills um, that I call the 10 Um, skills for optimal leadership. And when we start to dissect those 10 skills, I realize um, when in working with people, like, these are the things that when we apply them after we work through their victim mentality, we apply these skills, uh, they can really, you know, start seeing a lot of change. And I mean, um, the, the people that I work with, uh, um in my coaching and then in this on this retreat, they're all um, either coaches, they're entrepreneurs or creatives, right? Um, very like, yeah, we can leave it at that. And when we go through that personal development work, specifically implementing um, those 10 skills which I could talk about in, in a bit, I start to see a lot of things change in their businesses. Meaning, things are just becoming easier. They're finally, uh, they finally know how they can, you know, break through to the next level. Whether it's identify more specifically who their ideal client is, or get things more prioritized on the back end, or fix that, you know, fix something that wasn't working, um, or they hire people, right? Um, so we see those changes, and then. We also start to see the changes in their personal life. You know, they are having better relationships with their wives, or they are starting to appreciate their time with their children more. And I mix that, right, the the work with fun, because that's what I think it's supposed to be. Um, but I see fun in a little different than most people. For me, fun is like, hey, let's go beat ourselves up for like eight hours and then celebrate it, right? Um, I don't mean that, literally. <laughs> but sometimes, right, we I do, you know, we train martial arts sometimes. That's fun. Um, I mean, like, hey, let's go hike. Um, let's go climb a mountain. And you know, let's go out in the dark and, and try to find this spot, right? Let's, let's um, try to find our way back without a map. Things like that. Go out there, challenge your mind, challenge your body. And what I noticed happens when you do that is things come up, right? Think probably some things from your childhood, little fears, anxiety, stress, ticks, right? Ways you handle situations. And because we've created this container where you can feel really comfortable and really confident, um, you're going to work through those things openly. And so I I told you there was exactly what I planned. And then there was what really happened. What I had planned is everything is strict and segmented. And, you know, we go on this hike and we have very strict breaks at this time. And we're going to work. We're going to do some personal development work. We'll do these exercises. Cool. Right. And then, you know, other things get in the way, variables like rain or people or just how we feel. Right. How much sleep did we get the night before? How much uh, coffee did we did We have things like that, uh, which play a, a big role in how you know things go off. And what I ended up ha- what ended up happening is everything that I wanted to do happened. Right. We did a lot of we had a lot of fun. We, I, I got to um, present on these great topics and teach uh, these different skills, and it happened really fluidly. It, everything just weaved into each other. And so while we're out on a mountain, I had a 14,000-foot mountain in Colorado, and this was the feedback I got from one of the participants. He said, while we were up there, you know, I've, I've, there were moments where I wanted to give up, where I wanted to quit because it's it's hard you're at high elevation um everyone came from sea level that was there it was brutal and and there's thoughts you know there's thoughts that go through your head and and they said you know every time that would happen you, you'd come in with a question that would get us to think and and that gave enough spark to go to the next uh you know go a little bit further until the next you know statement came through your head it was uh overall a really enlightening experience to for you know this is just from a business perspective i thinking about planning an event i realized i can have the plan as you know as uh set in stone as I want most of the time it's going to work out uh, and if I try to force it it doesn't work uh, it, it I'm going to encounter a lot of resistance you know
0: yeah event planning fun like that <laughs> the people factor it's yeah. better to over plan than under plan as well
2: <laughs> I think so
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah well so you were asking questions as people were um come whether whether you realized it was happening or not you're asking questions as they're hitting those uncomfortable spots so what were some of those uncomfortable questions you were asking them to help Mm. them move forward
2: good question so um i'll give you some some context we uh we started this hike Uh, Well, we got up at 3.30 in the morning and the goal is to start before sunset. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, The the weather can change usually as the the sun gets higher in the sky, it warms up and condensation rises and starts to rain around noon. This happens pretty predictably, even if there's no forecast. So rule of thumb, you know, be on the way down before that. Um, I wanted to get up and have time in the rest of the day too. Right. So I, I planned for like eight hours on a mountain. That's a long time. Uh, So we get up early, we get to where we're going to start hiking, you know, the trailhead, I do a quick brief um, and do some breathing exercises and then start hiking. And I told them, Hey, let's go for one hour and then we're going to stop and, and set an intention and do some breath work and do some thinking and, Uh whatever. So we we start moving and they everyone feels great, right? Because you're it's first first thing in the morning, you're doing this, you're excited. You don't realize you only slept three hours. And and then we take a little break and we look at the time. It's been an hour, great. And and, you know, I tell them, hey, we're like a fifth of the way into this, (laughs) right? 20% done to the top. And then we have to come all the way back down. Um And I did that to put some, you know anxiety in their heads a bit. And And then I, I started with a couple of um, translations that I like to use in my coaching course. And I ask about fear and I ask about motivation. And oftentimes I find that the things people are afraid of are the things that they really struggle to adapt to over time or, they don't have the practice in or the skill set in so i ask you know what's what are you afraid of and we work through uh to get to a good answer for that um and i have them translate to i struggle with this i'm i'm working on this um and then we also talk about motivation like what's the thing that motivates you because i want people to have a light at the end of the tunnel and I find that things people are motivated by are also things people that are also things that are fun and that they enjoy and that they like to do. I'm really motivated by the stuff that I like to do. And that implants a bit of joy in their head. And so as we're going through this, there's a battle between, uh, you know, this thing that you're afraid of whatever it might be. And for some people, they said responsibility, um, letting other people down, right? Those are, those are some deep fears. Um, And yet their eyes are set on the things that are so joyful, right? So that's where, that's the intention that we went out with. Um, And then each person had their own like reason why, you know, they're doing it. And over the next four hours, you know, there's points where we, you know, we split up. Someone's going, I'm going a little fast. Someone else is going a little slow. And so we, you know, I look at my watch. It's been 15 minutes, All right? Let me stop and turn around, wait. We'll regroup. Now, I'll just ask questions like, hey, how's it going? What's on your mind? You know, what are you thinking about? What were you thinking about when you took that picture? And those simple Questions just get people to think about the joyful stuff I found or we work to back to the joy. So in this five hour time span, we're um, extracting some stories, really tense moments in people's lives that are recurring, that are coming back to them now as they're struggling. And I mean, just constant climbing, right? Legs are burning, right? Packs are heavy, it's tough. And, um, and every time, not every time, but as often as I can, I'm reminding them of that joyful experience that they're, that they're anticipating. And we build up so much, you know, anticipation that makes it so sweet when you actually get up to the top. And, uh, I'll tell you a really cool story. Something that happened while we were up there I didn't see it. I was a little bit ahead, Um, but as we're hiking up this mountain, one of the participants, his name name is Austin. He saw this girl um, who was sitting by a rock, taking a break, and she was crying. Uh, And the coach and this guy walked up to her and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And so she ends up saying to him how. This is really hard. She was by herself. She had a really tough week and she was just dealing with a lot. And so he, he walked her through, um, what, what are you afraid of? What motivates you? Got her to stand up, gave her a hug. And she ended up you know finishing, getting to the top. We saw her at the top, hugged her again. And like we got a picture with her, it's great. She was smiling. Uh, but I recognized that he told me like right after this happened, he told me the story and I recognized in him like, hey, that is you're playing out that that fear that you were uh, holding on to. You're playing you're playing out the solution. You're playing out what you want to do for people. You want to help people and and be able to provide comfort and security. That's what his thing was. And it was really powerful to watch that.
0: Yeah, celebrating at the top of the mountain with her sounds like an extra special moment yeah. too. So that's really cool. Um, well, you, you you've told us a lot about your son. It sounds really like it sounds amazing. And um, I'd want to know like what would you say your social rebellion is? Um, in what in what you're doing, or what do you want to create?
2: My social rebellion. Well, we've spoken about my views on education Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
2: in the past. Um, Like I talked about before, I was a rebellious kid and I saw school from an early age as something that I had to do and didn't find much value in it. We can um, expand on that what i saw in school was a place to uh go and sit down and do what you're told and really so that your parents could go to work (laughs) um or um yeah so that they could try to to encourage you to follow and get in line and uh, live in this box and you know, later on in life is when I came up with these thoughts, but at the time I was just frustrated. Like, why do I have to sit here? What's, what's the point? I was good at school too. I, I, I had, um, I got good grades for the most part until I had to start doing homework. And then I got terrible grades. Um, would always pass tests or do it really well on tests and learned really fast Um, I attribute that to good memory I don't know Um, and I felt that it was a waste of time and as I you know got older I started to think about that a lot more like why why is it why did I feel that other kids don't feel that or Maybe they do, and they're just not saying anything or acting out. I had the balls to, you know, mess around, right? Not take it so seriously. And yeah, I went to college and the same thing happened. I thought it was going to be different because I'm choosing what I want, right? I'm choosing the the, the thing that I want to study, I'm choosing the people I want to be around, the school that I go to, the classes that I take, what I wear, things like that. And I still felt very confined, except when I took like a couple of different classes. Like there were some that were great. It really depended on the professor. That was something that that I realized early on. Um, And as I got older. And even as I got into education, cause I thought, you know, that was a good career. I could do that. I could teach. Um, it wasn't fulfilling because kids weren't really gaining much. The kids I was teaching, um, it was like an inner city school in uh, in Staten Island. And they were sometimes not getting picked up by their parents, which was really frustrating. um, or sometimes they'd show up really late because their parents overslept, and it was just a place to drop off the kids. I realized, like I said before, and they weren't getting an education; they were just getting like hammered and drilled on these on knowledge, which may or may not help them. But what they really needed was like really good role models and socialization and uh, some freedom and you know some experience outside their bubble. So that's what formed my whole uh, rebellion against education. And what I envision, and the, the vision of the Summit Academy is to empower leaders of the future. I can see that happening now and downstream in different ways. And there's when I really dreamt this up, I, I established you know, what phases could occur in the next 10 years. And ultimately, I I do envision um, a a facility, a school, some place where kids can go and learn valuable skills like leadership development skills, like communication skills, emotional intelligence, intelligence skills, business skills, things like that. Um, That's where I see this going in eight to 10 years right now. I know that the lowest hanging fruit is the parents. And that's where my, you know, that's where I am right now. My son is 10 months old today and he is my teacher. He is, uh, the, the greatest gift I could imagine having. And I wrote this post this morning, just thinking about him. Um, it was, I don't remember exactly. It was something along the lines of how, um, I'm really grateful and proud of who I am. And the child in me would be happy to become this person, right? Because what I feel every day is is happiness and fulfillment and joy. And if I knew as a kid that I could feel these things as an adult, my life would have been a little different, I imagine. And I realized there's something I can do about it. It's what I do with my son. It's being a parent. If I can show him what's possible, what's really out there, what's possible inside, um, how you can feel, how you can experience life, then I think I've done a good job as a parent. And that is a gift for me, right? To be able to love him in that way. And I know that other parents feel the same. The guys that were on, our, on my trip, two of them are dads. Um, and one of them is planning. And so like, it's on their minds. And that wasn't even intentional, it just so happened. Now I realize, well, I can aim directly at parents because it reaches the kids downstream. And five, 10 years, hey, maybe, take out the maybe, we have a network, we have a community of parents who give a shit and who see a greater future for their world and also know how to empower children. And so that's where my vision is long-term. And I'm, and right now it's starting with my retreats, my leadership development course, and which is called Impact because of the impact it can have on, on the world and on children. And um, in a couple of years, I can see that starting to grow into um, something really, really amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, first I want to say like students like you, um, are what challenged my teacher brain to think differently. So the students that are there questioning, being like, what is the point of this are very necessary <laughs> to challenge yeah. the teachers um, to grow and develop and question themselves too. So. Um, I'm going to say you were most likely a very great teacher for (laughs) your teachers as well with that. that. (laughs) Cause I've had a number of students that, um, would question like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. And they were my, my greatest teachers and challenged me the most. So, Mm. and helped me see differently too. Like you're saying it's, it's basically daycare. Um, so so thank you for, <laughs> for th- wanting to think outside of the box.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's interesting how you're telling your story and how much you and Kristen have in common and mm-hmm. like wanting to impact the parents to have a greater wow. impact on more children. So this is the first thing I thought of. I'm like, mm. you guys are like the same We've, got, same. we've gotten <laughs> along
2: pretty well. Since yeah. Right, Kristen? Yeah. Um, definitely shared a lot of those values. Mm-hmm. And, and beliefs. And I think that's what it is. It's how, you know, where, what are parents' values and what do they believe is important? And uh, where is their information coming from too? And how are they being challenged on that? That's where my mind is at.
0: Yeah, it's when I first um, started realizing, like internally, me changing helped within the classroom um, because it was helping me breathe better. It was helping what I was thinking in my head and it helped bring Mm -hmm. my stress levels down. My first initial thought was like more teachers need this. And I realized after a while though, like currently where teachers are, there's way too many things on their plate that unless this is already a road that they're going down on their own, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not new information. They're ready to take on somewhere where they need to be ready for it because there's so much going on. But parents, like, because again, with teachers, like they have thirty some of them have thirty kids, like right. you're trying to bring this up to thirty kids, and that's thirty different um, styles of learning too, where with parents, they've got one I mean some have ten kids, but like, it's mm-hmm. a smaller number of kids that they have, and they there's more immediate like, I want to see this change because parents feel that stress Mm. of those little reflectors being shown back at them of all the things that they still have. Um, Maybe they've hidden within themselves of like, why are they acting like this?
2: Because
0: they're reflecting it from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like, I like
2: how you did say like parents, um, no, teachers don't really have the space for it Mm. um, unless they're already on that journey or it's something they want um and i imagine teachers at some point are also parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) or vice versa um and that's you know when i look um at the the guys that i work with and i never intended to work specifically with men um and it it seemed to just have have happened that way um but they all have a lot of other reasons other than parenting right that that they are uh looking for support and usually what i notice is they'll see like problems in other areas of their lives um that's where they they feel the need to change and they take things out on their kids or when they're with their kids they um a lot of the behaviors are more ingrained or more responsive and reactive versus intentional, right? But outside of that, they're for the most part trying to be really intentional, right? Until they've started to do the personal development work and then they realize everything is is everything and they have to, uh, if you apply it to, you know, business or your your personal feelings, it's going to carry over to every other relationship in your life, including your kids, um, so having like the intention for me to, um, like originally it was entrepreneurship and, and leadership as a business owner, which is really valuable. I've noticed. Um, and, and then also like, Hey, this is working and it's helping become better parents and, um, spouses, better leaders in their community. It's, it has a, has a significant impact. It, whether it's for the intention of teaching or business or for the intention of, uh, educate, of parenting. Fix, oh.
0: fix my mic real quick. Sorry. <laughs> some noise. Is
2: it slowly like drooping down? It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Making noise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, so I, I was going to ask, like, we talk a lot about good trouble. Mm. Um, and I want to know what good trouble means to you and what are you doing to create that good trouble?
2: Good trouble. Mm. That's not something I've thought about, actually. <laughs> can, you, can you define that?
1: <laughs> that was my question your to your you. Yeah. <laughs> uh so like good trouble yeah. is really about uh going against the status quo for really doing what you consider to be right compared mm. to what's normal. That's what good trouble means yeah. to me.
0: Or like I, I've been accused by Mark England of being a pot stirrer. So <laughs> <laughs> I take that in the positive sense of like getting people to think about what they're Mm. doing by questioning.
2: Yeah, I can relate to that. I do. I do. Now I understand the question. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I notice a lot of conflict around me, and I've always done a, a a good job of avoiding it. And you can tell, you know, that usually works out, right? You avoid conflict <laughs> for too long, right? You're just, you end up lost or um, you end up with a lot of conflict around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, lately I've been thinking on, you know, what that, what it is about me that makes that makes me like resistant to conflict or want to run away from it. Uh, and so, Hey, let me see what happens when I just create it <laughs> <laughs> um, in people. Cause I, I, you know, you learn uh, some communication skills and you, you have superpowers sometimes, um, or you, you, you learn some sales skills too. And, and you have the ability to manipulate people's emotions mm-hmm. um, in a good way. Right. Get people to think like, like you said, Kristen, um, it's exactly what I did, uh, you know, on, on the retreat, especially on that mountain is get people in a in a headspace where they're thinking um, and, you know, internally battling themselves There's and creating that conflict. Um, and I've noticed in my ability to do that, I can tune in way better to people and to people's emotions um, and also be able to serve better, Right. I have this one client. We work one-on-one together, and we've worked together in the past for different reasons—fitness and nutrition. A little some, we did some mindset coaching a couple of years ago, Um, and recently she asked me for some help um, managing her stress, which I've been told I'm good at, and. I didn't know where we were going to take it. I didn't know what we were going to do. Um, and I knew I could help her because we had a good relationship. And so that made it, I, I, that made it like where she could be vulnerable and I could experiment, right? And so, you know, we, we've done numerous sessions at this point, we meet weekly. And there was one session we did a couple of weeks ago where my intention was to get her pissed off and say everything that could potentially trigger her um, while we were, you know, in between doing some breathing exercises. And I just kept poking and probing, right? Some really uncomfortable things. Um, now I had the relationship with her already. So like we, we established some boundaries and I knew what I, what I could do with her. Um, and the result was this massive emotional climax, right? And then a down, some down regulating, and more trust and understanding, you know, her with herself. I mean, and yeah, that's how I imagine creating good trouble is—is is getting, uh, getting to that boundary, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just right at it with with people um, to where, you know, you can help. Uh, and that's, uh, I, that's what I find myself doing, uh, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different areas in my coaching and these retreats, right. I bring people right to the edge and, um, get them to challenge their comfort zone, step outside because usually, um, and I think this is a quote from a book. I'm not sure it might be, uh, the best things in life are on the other side of fear, mm-hmm. right? And if I can get people to look over the edge, give them a little scare, right? And then show them that they can hold themselves up, then that's good. That's good trouble to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That other side of fear. Um, mm-hmm. I've also heard like That the body doesn't recognize the difference between fear and excitement. Like they feel Mm. the same within the body. So being able to push that when you like, are you feeling fear or is this excitement that you're feeling? And can you, can you dip your toe in that and then (laughs) sit out and see Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. there's, there, there's a little pattern interruption, people scared shitless and you say, Hey, what are you so excited about?
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, actually that brings up something I noticed with my son and he's uh, he's 10 months old he's little he's adorable and sometimes he like gets really worked up right crying and screaming um, and I laugh at it it's hilarious and I notice something my wife and I both do this we don't get like anxious or angry or we don't think he's scared especially like there's been times he'll uh he'll like tip over hit his head on you know or something or fall when he's trying to crawl and start crying right and then you know the reaction is usually to coddle and um tell him it's okay we pretend it's nothing right nothing happened we just hold him look at him smile breathe and when he cries and screams we we, we say things like he's so excited or mm-hmm. what are you excited about? Mm-hmm. We actually ask that when he's probably in pain, in pain or hurting or feeling anxious. I don't, I don't know. What do babies mm-hmm. feel? Mm-hmm. Um, I realized this though. Um, they don't have labels for how they feel yet. Mm-hmm. And if we can establish early, early on certain um, responses on mm-hmm. our end to their emotions, it can mm-hmm. set them up for a lot of success in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember um, my oldest nephew when he was little, like learning how to walk. He was pushing around a cart um, around the like my whole family is together, where he's going around the dining room table, and it falls. And, um, I've had a few friends that did some, something similar, like when their kids would fall, they wouldn't be like, Oh no, are you okay? Um, instead they'd laugh and be like, Oh, that was a good fall. Good job. (laughs) So, so I started observing with kids, um, what happens when they fall. So my nephew falls, he doesn't Mm -hmm. start crying or anything like that until both his mom and my mom go,
2: (gasps) Oh. Uh, okay
0: and then he started crying and mm -hmm. um, it was the reaction from the adults that got him to think oh no Mm -hmm. something happened something's Um, wrong mm -hmm, something's wrong and now I'm gonna cry so it's interesting Mm -hmm. to be able to observe like what the kids pick up as well from the adults around them of like
2: I noticed they're looking they're Mm -hmm. looking for how they're supposed to react Mm -hmm. or respond very often he'll my son will do that he'll look at me Um, before he makes any change in his face or some response they don't have it so ingrained yet Mm -hmm. so like like us the way we do certain things right gets so automatic that it happens sometimes before we think of it that's our autonomic nervous system and then in babies they're still in a developmental phase And their um, neural pathways are all linked together until some of those like um, connections get severed and certain connections get like solidified. And so over um, as they're like experiencing things, they literally have a delay. Whereas we might immediately go from, oh, I feel anxious. It must be because so-and-so, you know, cut me off Mm -hmm. and then we'll assign this thing. But kids are just like, confused as fuck to be honest. Um,
0: Yeah. I, so here (laughs) we're going to have a quick fun story of when I worked in childcare with babies um, a couple of things that I noticed with um, first, I wasn't usually in the infant room, but I would sometimes do like a lunch break or a 10 minute break for the teachers in there. And there was one teacher in particular, like she was usually stressed out and you knew she was stressed out because the babies would be crying Mm. and i'd go in for a break and within minutes like after they got past the attachment part of oh no my teacher just left the room um they'd, they'd start calming down they'd have fun we'd be laughing um uh, and then the teacher came back in and all of a sudden they start crying again. So like she, her stress level, she comes back in seeing their calm and her stress level starts to drop, but it's still there. Like it's way higher than mine was. So they start crying again and then her stress would go back up and they'd start crying more mm-hmm. and watching and listening to these infants as they're reacting to the adults around them. like. Is this person calm? Okay. I'll be mm. calm. Is this person stressed? Oh no, I bet I must be stressed. I need to be stressed about something. So they, they are, they're really good vibrational readers and mm. emotional readers because it's where their safety is found. They aren't able to take care of themselves yet. So they pick up around them what's going on. And yeah, i I, I had fun playing with that when I worked yeah. in childcare,
2: my thoughts just went to times where I've been in school. And we have like a substitute teacher, and they're usually happier Mm -hmm. uh, because that they you know it's not their everyday thing where uh, they get to work with different kids every day, Uh, and and the mood was different. And those are the days I remember too. Right, the changes. That's interesting though.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing I got to notice was, um, cause the last little bit when I was before I left was right. When COVID started was that, um, ki- kids, infants, um, when they could no longer see my mouth to figure out like what was going on, they would have to make eye contact to figure out, can I trust this adult or not? And so mm. I'd watch these infants, like going from their parent where I'm feeling safe to, Oh, they're handing me over to somebody else. Like, look at me and make eye contact and read from my eyes. Like, can I, am I safe with you or not? So yeah, they're, they, they have a lot of little fun, um, fun things you can watch (laughs) for. So now you can try those on your son too, and be like, (laughs) what what more am I noticing? Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Do you think you can teach that to a person or reteach it? that intuition, that response, that ability to empathize and read people?
0: I think it can be retaught, but it's a lot harder to reteach because you have all the stories and all the baggage to work Mm -hmm. around where it's going to work out so much better. If you can keep that open from the beginning. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in, uh, in adults, in parents, um, yeah, one of the modules, one of those 10 skills that I teach is actually there's a couple of them that are related, but conflict resolution and uh, and communication skills or communication. Uh, and when I talk about communication, it's empathy and compassion and how you can um, combine what you feel in your heart with your thoughts in your head and be able to express that intellectually so be able to articulate it mm-hmm. and that's what i define as empathy so you can feel what people feel right or understand how people are feeling and then be able to articulate it mm-hmm. uh, that i've i've noticed you can teach you can teach people how to question um and get people or not get people but um create a space for vulnerability Um, And then be able to articulate it, be able to Mm -hmm. say it out loud. Um, That, that you can definitely teach.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the holistic psychologist?
2: No, I haven't.
0: Um, Dr. Nicola Pera is a holistic psychologist and she, her work at, well, she has a book, how to do the work um, and a big part. Oh, I've heard of the book. yeah, Yeah. So with that, she, she helps People by doing the work, um, get to that place where they can start recognizing those things, but mm. what, what is mainly needed to be able to get to that point is to work through the childhood stuff that we've picked up along the way. So the attachment styles to our parents, like learning all our trauma responses, So that we can clear out all that stuff, because that gets in the way. We we respond to people based off of what we picked up in childhood. So when you can get that out of the way, you can open Mm -hmm. back up that intuition and empathy. But you got to do the work first (laughs) to figure out you. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and for people listening who who are like on that path, uh, it I and you know for me it was not a flip of the switch like that um, or even noticeable until right years of of work in mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing it can be done though mm-hmm. right I see it in some some of my family sometimes um the patterns um seeing um here's my the example my mom and my sister right, and seeing in my sister patterns and behaviors that I saw when I was six years old or seven years old and my mother. Um, and, and it's not even like what I'm remembering or thinking about like a specific moment. I remember uh, um, the, the vibe, right? Mm-hmm. How it felt to be around um, certain times or certain, uh, you know, when certain things were happening or in certain situations. I remember um, certain like uh, cues that built up to certain reactions and i mean like angry or stressful reactions um and i laugh at it when i see that because it's like looking at a time machine and and i think to myself you know well what am i doing that is just a pattern of behavior i learned from my mom or my dad or from someone in my childhood what are the things Um, And even though I've been doing like personal development work, we we can say for a long time, and we can go back 10, 11 years when I started doing breath work and meditation and mindfulness practices, um, even though I've been doing all of that, I still recognize certain behaviors in myself, certain patterns that the key is now the awareness that I have around it. I can uh, course correct much quicker now than I could when I was uh, just starting to understand myself and you know what made me right Mm -hmm. it's great to be able to to know that that's possible Mm -hmm. I think
1: yeah clear out all the weeds first
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
1: so where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're up to
2: my Academy is my website. That is a dot academy. That's an extension. Um, that's where you can get all information about my upcoming adventures. We are planning um, Fit for Adventure 2.0, which is the first week of October. Right where you're at, Kristen in Oregon.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 you're having something <laughs> in Oregon in October. Did you say
2: I just planned this yesterday? Um, yeah.
0: What are the dates?
2: So <laughs> uh, the third is the Monday.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that's my birthday. We'll stay till the end I, of the week and come come bring that. everybody to my festival.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the plan is we haven't set dates yet. Um, I'm imagining the third to the, to the seventh. Hmm. Um and then my birthday is on the ninth, so we can have a party.
0: Yeah, come to my um, festival in Southern Oregon. Yeah,
2: party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're we're um, yeah we're gonna be the the plan is the Twin Sisters Wilderness. Um, I'm doing this with Ben Walker. We're collaborating, co co conspirating mm-hmm. on this event. Um, his audience is all dads, so it works mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, we're gonna do uh, some backpacking up in the wilderness and, uh, some rock climbing and there's this festival I heard of that, mm-hmm. that weekend that we might go to <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> should be fun. Uh, yeah, so that's happening. All information on that is, will be on that website in the next couple of weeks. That's still uh, new, um, and then my Instagram, Matt underscore G 32 is the handle for now. until mm-hmm. I change it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I invite people to check out some of the things on my, uh, on my Instagram. I just put up a video from our last, uh, from our retreat, um, which is pretty, it's pretty epic. There's some emotional climaxes in that video. It's pretty cool. Uh, that's it. That's where I can be found. It's what I'm up to. I appreciate this, this time, always fun. Mm-hmm.
0: And so before, well, we may have a, a last question for you after this one, actually, I'm going to ask before we get there. You gave us a pirate joke. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> if no, you don't, we're going to completely skip it. Okay. Cause you didn't leave an answer either.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I know. And, um, yeah, I, I anticipated some, you to ask and then I would have the answer, but I totally forgot the answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we'll skip that one. Although the okay. question was, how do you know a, you've got a pirate's attention? So mm. none of us know. If any of you listeners know.
2: <laughs> All right. There is an answer for that. I'll, I'll tell it to you later when okay. I remember what it was.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in the meantime, um, yeah. how would you recommend our listeners start their own pirate life? Uh, mm. Yeah. What steps would you recommend they take?
2: Start looking around. And take inventory of what you like and what you don't like. Um, and, and that's around and inside too.
1: Um,
2: one of the tools I teach is stress management as a leadership skill. Um, and you can you know manage your own stress or manage your teams or your environment's stress. you, move, you bring your energy into the room, right. Um, and this the first step, let's become aware of this, of what the signals are inside and outside. Look at your environment, take inventory, and then do something. Right. You know, decide, well, what is important to me? What are my values? And how does everything that's happening around me align with those? That's how we define integrity right? Like I started this with, um, I want to create something in integrity with everything about me, right? All of my values, right? So most of the time people are going to tell you, you're, you you can not do that when you try to change things. And, uh, those are the things you should do. All right. That's it.
0: Nice. Did you remember the answer to how you get a pirate's attention? No, I okay. didn't. <laughs> well, maybe someday we'll get the answer. <laughs> Did you
2: uh... I'm going to google it really quick. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you Because got that'll attention. trigger <laughs>
2: that'll trigger a uh, you know, one of my memories. <laughs> how do you get a pirate's attention? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You've got ours now. <laughs>
2: I don't, I don't do know. you get a pirate's <laughs> attention
1: yeah nobody know. knows nobody knows not even the <laughs>
0: internet it's,
2: you it's look them in the eye that's it uh, yeah. in the eye. <laughs> <The> one eye <laughs> <laughs> that's what um, I, I didn't remember there you go <laughs>
1: <now> we know <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And <laughs> thank you for helping us just over a year ago to mm-hmm. uh, to get started on this podcast. We appreciate uh, both of those things. <laughs> oh, Kristen and her mic again. <laughs> That's three,
2: three funny things that Kristen's done by accident. <laughs> 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 Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips.
0: Hop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And keep creating good trouble.